I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone. Snotty-nosed Boone today. I am dealing with a cold. And uh, Dustin Ragusa, you are uh, back in the living room again this week with the dog. Yep, dog, Let's living go. room. I'm watching the uh, Frisco Bowl, San Diego State versus Ohio. You got I am, on uh, I'm locked in. No, I don't. <laughs> so I'll be locked into the podcast. I just have it on in the background. Okay, cool. Who's winning? Right now, Ohio's up 10-0, but I'm feeling a San Diego State comeback. Okay, well, keep us updated through the podcast because that's really interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see the outcome of that. So, uh, we are talking on Wednesday night. It is uh, eight thirty our time, and Oklahoma State has basically wrapped up its class, uh, its 2019 recruit, recruiting class. Um, all 19 commitments signed with Oklahoma State submitted their national letters of intent. Uh, Wednesday morning, and then they added another commitment uh, Wednesday afternoon with with Langston Anderson uh, to become the second four star in this 2019 class. So, uh, first impression, Ragu, what do you make of this 2019 class just uh, just as a whole? I mean, it's it's great that we got all 19 yeah. guys signed. You know, you'd hate you'd hate to see we saw some big flips today. Uh, one we'll talk about later. Oh, yeah. There was the uh, quarterback that flipped from Ohio State to was it Georgia? Um, no, he flipped. Oh yes, that's right. He flipped from yeah. from Ohio State to Georgia. Yep. Yeah. So we didn't have anything like that. You know. The pickup of Langston Anderson made this class, I think, round out a whole lot better, finishing yeah. with two four-stars, because really, only one four-star is pretty depressing uh, with a class, and you know, I, I'm sure we'll get into it with the class rank and everything, but overall, it's a little bit underwhelming, but there's definitely some highlights and some, some key guys that I think could turn into major contributors for Oklahoma State down the road, but you know, I guess overall, maybe it's a little underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned um, you mentioned overall ranking. Um, while we're on the subject, so last year Oklahoma State finished thirty um, fourth <clears throat> in the national rankings, which was good, not great. It's it's good. Um, afterwards, I guess you could say afterwards. Not technically afterwards, but uh, the summer, Mike Holder kind of you know put it on Mike Gundy, saying, "Hey, you know, I I think Gundy does a good job, but at the same time." Um, I'm encouraging them to recruit better. We want to see uh, better recruits. And he says, you know, basically that you're limiting your ceiling when you're recruiting the level of athlete that are coming to Oklahoma State and you're recruiting at a basically a Big 12 average. Um, this class is, I don't want to say significantly worse, but it's ranked 44th in the country. Um, it's That's good for 6th in the Big 12 behind OU, obviously, Texas, TCU, Baylor, and Iowa State, and just barely ahead of West Virginia and Texas Tech. Now, Kansas State and Kansas um, are like Mac level bad, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel bad for them, I guess. But um, you know, this it's not a particularly impressive class. Obviously, Anderson's commitment 
gives OSU a little bit of punch at the top. You know, Grayson Boomer was the only four star. Uh, Anderson is is the second four star. By the way, he 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 earned his four star ranking like four days ago. Um, <laughs> so just keep that in mind. But I mean, I I don't know what to make of it. I guess it's it's okay, but you know my my uh, I guess my counterpoint of our argument to this is I would argue, and I think most people would agree, OSU is a top fifteen to twenty program nationally over the past 10 years um but they consistently recruit just in the 30s in the 40s and this this class could end up finishing closer to 50 or even below 50 so i I mean i guess how is osu being out recruited by baylor and iowa state that's my question yeah and that's that's kind of what i was gonna get to next when you came back to me the Oklahoma State should be fighting for that three or four spot mm-hmm. every year, I think. it. I mean, they're probably going to finish behind OU in Texas. OU obviously is killing it, especially this year. Yep. Um, Texas is always going to be up near the top, one, yep. two, three. And then TCU, West Virginia, Baylor, Oklahoma State should all kind of be in the mix. But I think Oklahoma State should really be in that three spot with, you know, the – the success the programs had, the people they put into the NFL, and you know the the just kind of <laughs> national image and brand that Mike Gundy is, and they're consistently not yeah up there. And you know, with some of the comments that Gundy makes, it just seems it sometimes seems like they're not trying. Even though today he said they try for the high star guys and they just never come here, which is a weird quote, but. Okay, he I, was talking about quarterbacks. Yeah, be, quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah, right. But it's it's still kind of a weird thing to say. But there's – I think I think we'd all agree he's he's talking – that also applies generally speaking to recruiting. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't really have an answer to your question. Yeah. It's just – it kind of blows my mind how they aren't consistently three or four. in the And, and you know, they have good teams like you, like you mentioned with lower – class rankings so you know that Gundy always uses that as kind of to back up his point when he's talking about recruiting but it still just kind of blows my mind yeah agreed agreed and people always ask me it's like how is how is Baylor doing this how is TCU ahead of OSU they've you know OSU's been so much better on the field um I don't know the answer to that but I think one solution is Really, to me, it's it's pretty obvious. Is you look at at Norman and and at OU and what their formula is. Lincoln Riley is intimately involved in everything Oklahoma Oklahoma does, um, from from calling recruits to to making home visits to hosting them on campus. He is the lead guy. Reminds me a lot of of what Mike Boynton does r- recruiting. Um, at Oklahoma State for the basketball program, he is he's he's he has his fingerprints on everything. Um, I don't think that's the case with Gundy. I really don't. And um, you see Gundy a lot uh, as as uh, as the signing classes are usually winding down. He usually goes out and kind of makes the runs. He shakes hands and uh, goes and and does his his home visits and you know he brings out the swag copter and everyone's like oh yeah say, everyone says Gundy doesn't care about recruiting but 
where is he the other 11 months? That's that's what I want to know. And I, I really, honestly, I just don't think he cares about recruiting. Um, and I, I think he's satisfied with, with just being fifth and sixth and, and seventh and wherever they're going to finish in the Big 12 because he's um, – <clears throat> I think he's pretty content with, with what he's got. I think he's content with uh, what the what the recruits that they're bringing in have produced, and I think maybe he's a little bit confident that you know the guys that are that they're bringing in are a little bit better than what they are and what and what recruiting rankings would show. So, all that to say, I I think Gundy has to has to take kind of a personal stand and say, hey, listen, I don't I don't like the maybe not the kids that you're bringing in, but I don't like the overall quality, and I'd like to upgrade that a little bit. Um, I just I don't think they'll get to that point. Do you? I I don't the fa- he's this far along into his career. I just I just don't see him changing that. Yeah, yeah. You know I I could see him leaving before changing that. It it's just I just don't really. That's his philosophy. He's got the players that have come through to back it up. The lower star guys that turn into superstars, and. Even though you see a guy like Tylen Wallace, who was a four-star, excel, and you're like, you know, Mike, if you got some more guys like that, you know, you see what could happen. But right. he's he's not going to listen to that because he has the players that support his argument the other way. Yeah. So I saw a video um, on Wednesday of Lincoln Riley literally fist pumping and yelling with other coaches because they landed, I think, a five-star recruit, which. For OU, that's kind of status quo. But I just, you know, he, he has so much fire. Maybe it's because he's a second-year coach and he he loves recruiting. Like, he loves, um, you know, contacting recruits and, and doing visits and that stuff. Like I said, a lot like Mike Boynton. Um, do you see Gundy doing that? No. Like, I, I, I mean, feel like he's a lot more passionate about, you know, a lot of different things in the program. And he's a really good coach. He's a good tactician. He's a good uh, CEO and kind of program manager. I just, I don't know, man. It's like Kyle Kyle Porter brought this up to me earlier this week. It's like, why don't you just pay a million bucks to you know Marcus Arroyo and say, hey, go get me a bunch of Texas kids who are ranked inside the top 150, and let's see if we can build a championship program. I just, I don't think it's going to change. Yeah. Well, one thing, one thing with guys like Riley and Boynton, <laughs> they are young, quite a bit younger yeah. than Gundy, and they. That could be one reason. I'm not saying that is the reason, but that could be one reason they still they have that fire because you do hear, you know, when guys go to the NFL or older coaches when they retire, you hear a lot of them. You know, I just really didn't like recruiting. I couldn't handle recruiting right. when they get when they get older. You know, it's <clears throat> it's it's leaving when it could be your off time with your family. Yeah. It's leaving when it could be your time to go home during the week. Or prepare more for the games uh, that you're actually coaching in college. So, you know, I, I'm sure it's some of that along with his just philosophy always kind of being that he can develop lower starred or lower rated players, not to trust the recruiting rankings. All that combined, I, I just I don't see it getting any better as he gets older. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and I don't necessarily disagree with that. It's like he's uh, he's over fifty. Um, he has kids. He's got a, a senior or an, a rising senior in high school. I guess Gunner is future Oklahoma State quarterback. Yes, yeah, Gunner Gunner Gundy, uh, the future of Oklahoma State. Um, <laughs> so he's he's got a lot of a lot of stuff on his plate. Like, you know, I imagine after a while it gets old to say, you know, who 
who's that kid from Pahuska that's rushing the quarterback? You know, let me check out some tape and see, you know, what what we got coming into coming into the program and see if we can get some upgraded recruits. It's like at some point he's probably that has to just be wearing and tiring, but at the same time it's part of the job. I think you have to uh, take a take a stand and and put that on your shoulders as a head coach. And I just I think it's pretty clear it's it's not the top priority. So, um, anyways, that's just that's just kind of a separate. We'll move on to uh, to superlatives. Do you have anything else to add to that? No, no, I thought we covered it. I mean, it's it's a conversation you and I have had. Many people yeah. have had about Gundy. It's. It's it's good to cover it again when signing day comes up, but it's it's kind of like beating a dead horse now because, like I said, I just don't really think it's going to change. Yeah, I was on three separate uh, radio channels. Um, well, today uh, I'll be on one tomorrow, and then I was on yesterday. All three asked, and I guarantee you tomorrow will ask too. What? Well, why? <laughs> why is Baylor ahead of OSU? Why? Why are they ranked fifty in the country? Whatever. It's like. Okay, I'll just I'll just cut and paste this audio and I'll move it to my uh, to my radio segment. But uh, moving on, uh, yeah, it's it's the same conversation every time. Um, uh, moving on, we're talking about superlatives for the 2019 class. So there's 20 uh, commitments now with with Langston Anderson in the fold. Uh, so we'll do like a quick little rundown of the class with some uh, like most intriguing. Um, best NFL guy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we'll start with you because I did this for uh, pistols firing blog. You can check it out at pistols firing blog.com. Um, you can, you can read the article there, but you are going to present yours on the podcast. So ragu, yeah. the floor is yours. Most intriguing prospect in the 2019 class drum roll. Okay, this guy's on your list, so we can talk about him more when we get to yours too. But I went here with the highest-rated guy in the class, four-star tight end, will be cowboy bag, Grayson Boomer. I dig it. And the reason why I put him at most intriguing is because really more of the fact of how Yursich and Gundy have schemed the offense in recent years since Blake Jarwin left, there just hasn't been – Especially before Jelani, you know, caught his seven, eight passes or whatever last year, when it was just Abbott and Sione, that there just wasn't much emphasis on the Cowboy back in the passing game. Yep. And Grayson Boomer, he's a great blocker. His high school team in Collinsville ran the ball a lot, so he's had a lot of experience blocking. But this dude is a freak athlete. He can catch the ball. He can make plays after the catch. If a linebacker or small safety is on him, he's going to have the advantage every single time, even at the college level. This dude is an absolute stud, and they're going to have to figure out a way to get him the ball because even with the talented receivers, even with Chuba Hubbard, this guy, I'm not saying next year, he might need a little time to develop. I actually think he's already a pretty good size uh, compared to the other Cowboy backs on the roster outside of Jelani because he's like eight feet tall. But... um, I just think this guy's got high upside. He already probably could play. Might He might not see the field next year, but at some point this guy's going to get on the field because he's that good, and we've got to figure out a way to get him the ball and scheme him into the offense. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I love that. I love that you're in on Grayson Boomer. Uh, yeah. That's my, that's my little homie from Collinsville. Love that guy. <laughs> love him. Uh, the highest-rated commitment in the class, by the way, I think you mentioned that, but – Really like him. I think he he reminds me a lot of 
uh, Kyle Rudolph, and that's kind of what I wrote in my uh, superlatives. Um, most intriguing for me in that in this class is Israel Isuman Hunley, a defensive end. He's six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds. Came from Nigeria. Um, when he originally came to the United States from Nigeria, played basketball, was uh, not that good at basketball, started playing football. They put him at receiver, and he was not that good at receiver. But turns out he's a really good defensive end. Uh, Baylor offered him and, and was considered at one point to, to potentially be the favorite. Uh, Oklahoma State ends up swooping in and stealing him. Kind of a three-star guy, just not – Super highly touted, but I really like him, and um, so I I think he is he is the most intriguing to me because I think he's kind of an X factor. He's a guy that um, not a lot of people know about, and at some point I think he has uh, probably a chance to to start as a as a defensive end. So I like to get. I think it'd be awesome, and I'm intrigued by him. Uh, moving on to uh, number two in our superlatives. The most upside, I am going with the quarterback, which is kind of a cop-out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going with Brendan <laughs> Costello, my boy from San Clemente, California. Uh, six foot, 103, 183 pounds. 103 pounds. God, he needs to put on some weight. <laughs> um, Dual-threat kid. Almost rushed for 1,000 yards as a senior. Uh, moves around really well. And I would I would like to get your take on this, but I said he kind of reminds me a lot of of Johnny Manziel slash Baker Mayfield, um, and I, I think I'd take Costello over most any Arkansas policeman in a foot race. Um, <laughs> so what's what's your take on Costello? Because I know you like him. Yeah, he's I uh, I'll get to him. Uh, he's on mine later. I'll let you know. I, I won't spoil which one he is, but he. The dude's an absolute stud. I like the I like the Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield. I'd actually probably lean more Baker Mayfield because I think he wants to stay in the pocket and throw the ball. Yeah, he does have the athleticism though to move it around. There were a couple a couple of his videos weren't just like highlights; they were actually like segments of games. It seemed like um, on Huddle. So I watched some of those because it kind of just showed some of his you know normal throws and yeah. you know taking off and running for just a few yards. And I really liked his decision ma- decision making. He's obviously, like you mentioned, he's smaller. Yeah, but 103 pounds. I mean, we're <laughs> Oklahoma State isn't an NFL team. This guy's. I think this guy can play at that size at the college level. Yeah, and he definitely has the athleticism too. So I, I'm really excited about him. I don't think he'll come in and compete with Spencer or Drew, but man, I, I could definitely see this guy starting a quarterback for Oklahoma State. There was teams. So Georgia offered him late. I know UCLA was really interested. I'm pretty sure he had a visit set up to Cal that he ended up not taking. So teams got on him really late because the dude had an incredible senior season. Yeah, he did. He did. He really popped uh, in his final year at San Clemente. So I like it. I think he's a good get. Who is your most upside prospect in this class? So I went with who I think is probably the most raw prospect in the class but has the physical tools and the frame to possibly be a major contributor down the road uh savior ross oh i was gonna guess isuman hunley okay i like that oh yeah and he uh, him as well i mean well you are you talked about him and you touched on his rawness oh, for sure um but xavier so 
he's listed at 6'3", 285 on uh, 24-7. And then I saw a post by, I think, Zach Lancaster that had him listed at 6'4", 295. And then Rivals has him listed at 6'5". Jeez. So he's somewhere in the 6'4", 6'5", range, somewhere in the 290, 300-pound range. The dude is a physical freak. He's boys with Jaden Jernigan, another defensive tackle signee for Oklahoma State. Let's go. So you got the little camaraderie there. Yeah. Um, he's just so big. He just can clog up running lanes by not even moving. And he has the strength to basically steer the offensive lineman wherever he wants to go and then shed them to make the tackle. He doesn't really use, he doesn't really have any finesse swim moves. He's not super quick off the line of scrimmage, but he just bull rushes guys. And that could be a problem at the college level when he goes up against some bigger offensive linemen, uh, notably the guys, the big dudes that line up for OU. But I think he can learn some moves. I think he can learn some finesse. I think he can improve the quickness. And with the size he has, getting with Rob Glass and just building that all into muscle, this dude could be an absolute freak on the defensive line. I'm sold. I'm sold. I, I was kind of questionable on him. Or I, di- I didn't really have a take on him. Um, so that's interesting. I like that. Yeah, Xavier I like him Ross, a lot. Uh, my new homie from – where's he from? Cedar Hill? He Yeah, Cedar Hill, Texas. Yeah, and that's I saw something. I could, I could never find it officially, but he retweeted an account saying that he won 6A six, six Defensive Player of the Year. Hot dog. Yeah, he was so playing I, with a really good defensive tackle too, um, and he plays at a big. I mean, that's a yeah. big school too. Yeah, he and the other defensive tackle he played with was recruited by Oklahoma State as well. In fact, his name is. Um, I'm gonna look this up, but I believe it's Enoch Jackson. Um, okay. Who, I'm not sure where he ended up. I'm about to find out after this quick Google. No, he played at Mansfield Legacy. I don't know, but he I know up, he I know who you're t- I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Though. Yeah, I think he was a Division One prospect. I think he maybe went to like Arkansas or or somewhere really really nice. So, um, so yeah, I like that. I like that. I think he's he's got a lot of potential, a lot of upside. Probably not going to play right away, is my guess. Um, most of those interior guys just need a extra year to uh, learn the system, but most importantly, put on some weight and uh, get used to the system. So. I, I am intrigued by him now. So, moving along to our next one, I I'm af- afraid we might have the, the same player for this one, but we'll see. Uh, most likely to play immediately, I have Desmond Jackson, uh, the junior. Yeah, the junior college running back. Uh, I really like him. He's at Hutchinson uh, Community College. You did a really awesome breakdown on him. Kind of just. Uh, explaining what he can bring to the table um, just because he's kind of an X-factor. Like he had offers from Chattanooga, Grambling, uh, Kansas State, and a bunch of other like small programs. Oklahoma State swooped in late with an offer. They got a visit. He ended up committing on the visit. Um, Six foot, 220 pounds. I kind of like him as um, I feel like he's kind of, going to be pitched as maybe like a thunder to Chuba's lightning. And that's kind of what I wrote about, but, I think he's kind of a little bit of lightning too. Like I think he's pretty quick, and um, I don't want to say he's he's Chris Carson 2.0, but has a lot of shades of of Chris Carson. So I think he can play probably right away, is my guess, because 
JD King is gone. Justice Hill is gone. They need someone to step up in that running back room. Obviously, we know what Chuba is going to bring to the table. Uh, a lot of speed and a lot of, I think he, he can even probably play a larger role in the, in the passing game, but Desmond Jackson is going to be kind of that X factor who uh, could take over that second spot depending on kind of how LD Brown does. But what do you think of Jackson and then what's your uh, most likely to play immediately? I. Uh- I honestly think Jackson could be one of those guys that Gundy uses in his argument in the future. Uh, lower star guy. I think he could turn out to be a really, really good running back at Oklahoma State. Yeah. I know some people get skeptical with the JUCO running backs. They don't always work out the first year, but he's enrolling early. And That's I think that huge. gives yeah, that gives him a leg up. He'll be able to learn everything. Like you mentioned, he's he looks like the Thunder. He's what, like six foot two twenty. So he's already the heaviest back on the roster, and but he does have speed, and that's what I tried to key on in my breakdown. He's got home run playability, but if you get in his way, he will run you over. So I, I love Jackson. I think I was gonna put him, but we already had one the same, so I didn't want to have two of the same. So I went in a different direction. But I I agree with you. I think it's Jackson and. Because it's because JD King leaving, I think they need another rotational back in there, and I'm not sure if that's Jeter yet. So I think it could be Jackson. I like it. I like um, it. Mine. This one's kind of. I almost feel like this is kind of a default one. You mentioned this on the Pistols <clears throat> firing podcast with Kyle and Carson. Sione <clears throat> Asai. Yeah. One of Defense. one of two. So I think he's only so Jackson and Sione to this point are the only junior college. Uh, commitments right and yeah. I just think he's gonna play early because you're losing Enoch you're losing Trey Carter you're losing Darian Daniels the defensive line really only Brendan Evers and Cam Murray even really got any playing time yeah so you don't have a lot of guys with experience you don't have a ton of depth on the roster uh, you've got two freshmen Xavier Ross one I talked about and Jaden Jernigan coming in like you mentioned it's hard for def- defensive tackles to just come in and play so out of high school, so they're probably not going to play. So you kind of got to look to this guy who's had two years of junior college experience. He's already 300-plus pounds. I saw recently that he's listed closer to 320. 6'1", big bowling ball in the middle, but he's got quickness, and he's got – he, unlike Xavier Ross, does have some nice swim moves, does have some nice finesse moves to get by offensive linemen. And I just think – he seems he seems like the type of guy who could come in and play right away due to his size and just skill at that position. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, I went a little less serious. In fact, just totally goofy on my next one. Uh, most likely to go viral. Um, <laughs> I went with Xavier Player. Have Have you seen this kid's hair? It's amazing. Yeah, I, I love it. He's got a full head of lettuce. It is truly uh, something to behold. It would take me years to grow this thing. It's got <laughs> curls. Um, it's like, you know, it, it's coming out to his shoulders. Like, this thing is uh, something to behold. And adding to the hair, he posted a edit to his Twitter account, and it looks like it's definitely not an OSU official edit. So people people were in the comments praising me like, oh, you're praising, praising the edit. Like, uh, I don't remember who it was. Some fancy artist lives in in uh boone pickett stadium like no i'm not this guy is like not an osu editor by any means but (laughs) anyways the editor whoever made this edit um has 
him sitting on a horse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I've seen incredible. it. What? Does he so does he ride horses at all or was that just like for bullet or cuz that's like a brown horse. I don't isn't know. It? Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if it's like bullet or if it's like, you know, let's ride or I mean, I get it cuz it's cowboys, but you would think it would be like a horse that looked more like bullet. <laughs> I think he might just be into horses, which I was going to bring up after reading your superlatives. He plays defensive back. Daytuan Lowe played defensive back. And wasn't he, like, really into, like, equestrian and riding horses and stuff? I don't know. I don't I'm know. pretty sure he was. I'll have to look it up to make sure. But I'm pretty sure Daytuan Lowe loved horses. So maybe he's just trying to be like Daytuan, one of my favorite players of all time. It's possible. Is uh, Daytuan from Cibolo? I'm not sure where Daytuan's from. Okay. I'm not sure where Daytuan is right now. Yeah, I don't I don't know either, actually. That'd be a good, uh, good follow-up piece. I like that. I'm almost positive he's into horses, though, so maybe he's just trying to do <laughs> That's a. I don't know if I'm more impressed that you know that he's into horses or, or that I'm actually creeped out that you know that, but I think I'm just amazed, honestly. That's Big hilarious. Big Daytuan fan. Big Daytuan fan. <laughs> no, I like nuggets. that one. No, I couldn't stop laughing at that picture because I, I hadn't seen that until I read your superlative, so I was cracking up. Yeah, I'm, I'm still like, I can't get over it. It's really funny. <laughs> But um, I feel like if his uh, his lettuce of a hair does not go viral, that that cheesy uh, photo edit certainly will at some point. Like that's definitely gonna be on a broadcast next year if if he's starting. Like, oh yeah, it's the kid riding the horse. And that, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I could definitely see that on Fox Sports. Them showing that. Yeah, picture. I was gonna say Fox Sports definitely, definitely not ESPN or CBS, the worldwide leader. <laughs> I uh, okay, so mine. I went with one. He's a little weird and yeah. an odd position for a recruit. I think that kind of gives it away. But I went with Tom Hutton, the punter. And the reason why I think he will go viral is because if he gets in the game to punt, there's no way a broadcaster is not going to bring up the fact that he's <laughs> almost 30 years old. He's never played American football until next year. And I guarantee you he's – I know he can punt regular – because I was reading something about it, like he does have a high arching, like deep net punt that he that he sends out there. But uh-huh. he also rugby punts because he played Australian football, so I know yep. he knows how to do that. I'm sure he'll do that in the game. It's always weird when teams do that. It always looks like they're gonna fake it. So all of that combined, it's definitely gonna pop up. It's definitely gonna be screenshotted on Twitter when it, they figure out he's almost 30 and Australian. Yep. So I think that's just an easy way to go viral. That's a very good point. Um, so he, yeah, he is. He is uh, 27 is uh, is what Gundy said, or which is basically encroaching on Whedon era, which I, I think Whedon was probably somewhere around there, like 26, 27. Um, Marshall Scott, our beat writer, actually wrote about – uh, Tom Hutton and his background. I'm going to read you uh, just a little snippet of what he wrote for the site today. So um, kind of a crazy, crazy backstory. He's from Australia, born in 1990, um, which most of the incoming freshmen are born in 2000 or 2001. Um, Gundy says, quote, I'm very excited about him. Really unique story. He's 28. 
Um, think he's getting ready to turn 29. He's married, works at a paper mill five or six days a week, 10 hours a day. <laughs> so essentially a hard lunch pail guy, 10 hours a day of hard work. I'm sure he'll be thrilled to be in our organization where we'll do everything for him. So, uh, yeah, so Marshall quit that if that doesn't sound like Gundy's dream player, what does? So <laughs> I, t- I totally agree. I think it's hilarious. Well, and and also he could be most likely to play immediately because they lose Hockett and Siner. And I think the only other punter on the team, I did air quotes there, is McClure, Jake McClure, who does the kickoffs. Right. But if he's doing kickoffs, I don't know if they'll want him to punt too. He could do both, but that's a good point. I mean, Cybert does all three for OU, but um, he could, you know, he could be out there kicking. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't. I, didn't, I honestly that crossed my mind, but um, I was thinking Hockett had one more year. So uh, yeah, he could, he could potentially be the starter um, next year. That's fascinating. I like that. Do you feel like you got enough uh, punter? uh banter in on the podcast i know you yeah really but wanted I, to get that in i feel like i feel like when when people find out all this stuff about him he's gonna blow at some point he's gonna blow up yeah i tried to get an interview with him and he he declined um <laughs> which is probably good because i would have had to call him collect be like hey yeah um would you like to accept my australian collect call and he's like yo mate i can't do that i'm working at the paper mill yeah i mean First off, that's that was the worst Australian accent I've ever heard. But <laughs> I got a cold, bro. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, I'm 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 good on Hutton, but I, I think I love him already. I I think I just fell in love. So <laughs> TBD. I might try and uh, touch base with him again and see if I can do an interview. He sounds like a far more interesting character than than what I knew about before today. Oh, yeah. uh, moving on to the next one, superlative biggest steal in this class. Hey, yes, this one. We can just talk about it once because this is the one we have the same. Let's go. I, I couldn't figure out it. Like, there's no way you could pick someone else. No, I agree. I agree. Thomas Harper is the guy we we uh, both landed on. Was for a while a two star recruit. Ended up being bumped up to a three star, uh, but was a stud for Carnes High School. Played receiver. Played corner. Did he play safety? Um, yeah, the, he played everywhere. They, they honestly. On defense, yeah. in his senior year, it looks like they just let him play like a Troy Polamalu like safety. He basically <laughs> just was roving around the field, and it almost looked like he could do whatever he wanted. That's insane. But he also, but he did play cornerback too. Yeah. Well, he was like he was clearly their best player, which um, kind of reminiscent of his older brother Devin, who is a linebacker for Oklahoma State. Devin was actually a running back for Carnes high school. I think he probably played a little bit of linebacker in high school too, but uh, it, it looked like when you watched Devin's high school highlights at Carnes, he looked like, um, like the next Ezekiel Elliott or like Adrian Peterson. Like the, <laughs> the level of competition isn't quite um, what you see around this region, like Texas high school football, but the level in which he dominated his competition was stunning. Um, and that's the same with Th- with Thomas Harper. He is a absolute freak show. Clearly the best player on the field every time he stepped on the field as a senior. Um, he didn't end up getting that many offers. Um, I don't know if that's because he ended up committing to Oklahoma State and, and decided that he would just end his recruitment. But I noted in my, my superlatives piece, 
there was actually like a grassroots uh, movement for Tennessee fans begging Jeremy Pruitt to offer this kid, saying, you know, he's the next big thing coming out of Tennessee. Don't let him leave the state. Close down the borders. This guy's great. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me um, because Tennessee could probably get whoever they want, right? Like it's basically four- and five-star athletes that go to Tennessee and they're begging for at, – at the time was like a two-star recruit. So I think he's a steal. A lot of people think he's a steal. Um, I, he's, he's probably going to play corner or or even that's what they recruited him as yeah yeah so he'll he'll play uh on defense somewhere i just don't know where he these are his stats from his senior season 1279 receiving yards 18 touchdowns and then on defense he had 92 tackles two forced fumbles seven passes defended a pick and he blocked a field goal wow yeah i mean and his his team was horrible. Like he was the only good player on the team. <laughs> no offense if anyone from Carnes High School football team is listening, but man, these like from the videos that I was watching, these guys were garbage. His quarterback wasn't very good, so he was basically doing it all on his own. And then I I don't know if you mentioned this, and I don't know how accurate these are. This is just on ESPN and twenty four. Or it's actually just on uh, two four seven, but it's his vertical is listed at forty point one. What? Yeah. And his 40-yard dash time is 4.6, which is not blazing speed, but fast. And it, he, once he gets stronger with Rob Glass, he'll get faster. So, uh, I, I mean, like that. That, that that's insane. 4.27, 20-yard shuttle. I, really I don't know fast. where they're going to put him, but they're going to have to put him – they're going to put him somewhere. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine it's at corner, but – um, he's very little. Yeah, as he, well. he is. That's something we should note. Um, I think he's like five ten. Yeah, I saw five eleven, and I think he's only like one seventy five. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's bigger than uh, Jalen McCluskey when he arrived at Oklahoma State. Yeah, I I could definitely. I know they want him to play defense, but I could definitely see him playing slot on offense. That'd be kind of nice. I'm fascinated. Yeah, no, he's he's one of my favorite players in the class, and he's like one of the lowest rated. Yeah, for sure, for sure. By the way, uh, Jalen was 5'10", 165 Gosh. Um, when he arrived on campus. That's so small. And now he's 5'10", 175. I'm just yeah. kidding, I made that up. But he's he's probably not that much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving along, we have, we have two more left. So stick with us because we got some other – Non-superlatives talk uh, after this, but best long-term prospect. I went with Cody Waltersheen. I don't know if he's like uh, maybe the best. I, I don't know how to frame this, but I think Cody Waltersheen is going to be good in three years. Like I think he could be a starter in three years. I don't think he'll be a starter next year. I I don't think he'll play for the next two. Um, but he's six six two thirty. His older brother is Cole, obviously the incumbent starter at Oklahoma State off, off the defensive end. Um, Cody is, I would say, probably a slightly better athlete than uh, Cole. And Cody was a two-sport athlete, did a lot for um, for his high school, and I think he is going to be really good in like 2021, which seems like really far <laughs> away. I don't even know what I'll be doing in 2021, but... <laughs> Uh, I, I like his, his long-term prospects. Who you got here? I got Trace Ford. Um, oh, I gosh. actually think 
I think he's one of the most talented players in the class, if not the most. But with them wanting him to play defensive end, um, I just think he needs he needs to put on too much weight. He's only about 230, and I, I think he needs to put on 20, 30 pounds, get up to the 240, 250-pound range to be able to play. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that before next season and get in you know, good enough shape. And like we talked about, it's hard to just come in right away from high school and play defensive line. But the dude's got a great first step. He's got good speed, ran a four, six, nine, 40 at six, three, two twenty seven. Um, just a freak athlete. He played offense as well. Um, and he's, he's one of my favorite guys. I know you like him a lot too. I did a breakdown on him and watched quite a bit of his video. And I, I really liked what I saw. And I think he has the potential to be, a Jordan Brailford type player for this defense um, in a couple years. Yes, agreed. And that leads us to the next category. Player I like most, Trace Ford. Um, <clears throat> I wrote, call me a sucker for a do-it-all athletes. Um, but but Trace Ford did a lot for Edmund Santa Fe. Kind of reminds me of, obviously not the same type of player, didn't even play the same position, uh, not even the same type of uh, athlete. But Dylan Stoner at Jinx was like, uh, you know, he, he ran the wildcat. He was a, a wide receiver. He was a punter. He was a safety, um, played cornerback was their, uh, I think he was their snapper, um, uh, was a holder. Like, so literally did everything. Trace Ford, uh, was a pass catcher, edge rusher, whatever, uh, did a lot for Edmund Santa Fe also played basketball. So I think he is really talented, and like you said, he's he's got really nice long-term prospects, and I'm excited to see what he can do because I think he's the type of player that he is an in-state kid, but I think he is maybe a tier above some of the level of talent that some of this other class has, and if it weren't for him being down the road, I wouldn't be surprised if he's elsewhere. So I think this is a sneaky good get, and I like his long-term prospects. I think he's going to be good. So mine we already talked about, so I'm going to do a different one because I had like a backup plan here in case we went too long. But the player I like the most is Costello. I think if oh, anybody yeah. follows me on Twitter or has seen me write about him, he's – He's my favorite player, but we talked about him already. So I'm going to go with Langston Anderson, the guy who committed late in the day today, committed and signed. And I, this guy, if you watch his highlight tapes, it's we were talking about Thomas Harper, and Langston's playing some pretty good competition, and the dude looks like an absolute beast out there, looks like the best player on the field. And this might be a super hot take. But he gives me Des vibes. Oh no! And it, Ragu, and it might, no, no, and it, it might be because he's rocking eighty-eight out there. It yeah. might be because I've seen him throw up the X after yeah. he scored a touchdown. Yeah. But listen to this. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. So he's six-two, about two hundred pounds. Yep. Des came out of high school. Six-one, six-two is where he was listed, about two hundred pounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, both four stars. Des ran a four-five-two forty. Langston runs a four five seven. Uh, I don't see the, the. I could only find Dez's vertical being a thirty eight and a half. Langston's a thirty nine and a half. So both freak athletes. He's got the he's got the contested ball jump up catch it skills. He high points it. He's got the after the catch speed. He's got break tackle agility and ability. I just think 
I think we got a star here, Boone. I think we got a star. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. That's slander. I, I do really I, like him, though. I like him a lot, too. I think he's a huge get. Um, I don't think he'll see the field next year with how much depth there is at wide receiver. Yeah. Especially with the guys that were injured this year that didn't get to play. Yeah. Uh, you know, if Trayson Wallace makes it back, McCoffman, Elsie Greenwood, C.J. Moore. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he'll see the field, but I think he has the potential to be a really good player. Uh, so we don't need to go into this too much, but – I think people are pretty interested in in the CJ Moore saga. What are you what do you make of him and and uh what his role is going to be next year? Man, he he just seemed like such a stud coming out of high school. Yeah. He looks he looks so skinny. But he is. you know, he he still is. I haven't I haven't personally seen him in a while. If you you say he still is, he has time to put on weight. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see him out there because the <sighs> dude definitely skill. I he would you know, you don't always trust recruiting rankings, but with this guy, I think you do because you could see it on the tape. He's a solid player. Yeah, when I when I first watched him as a junior um, at Tulsa Union, because I'm kind of basically just down the road, um, he was incredible. And I showed the highlight tape to to Porter, and he was like, "We got to get this guy." It's <laughs> like he would be he would be very good uh, for content, but. I think he he's gonna be a stud. Um, he just needs to put on some weight. You know, he's six foot five. Like, um, I'm pretty sure he's less than 200 pounds. So, but the off season is good for that. I'm I'm curious to see if OSU will maybe give him some time in the bowl game, um, just even a couple snaps. Like he can still reserve his uh, red shirt and play. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. He's got he's got the swagger needed to play wide receiver. Oh, 100 percent. He definitely has a swagger. Yeah, he's a, he's a big talker. Yeah. Uh, last one here for superlatives. Most likely to be a future pro. Uh, I wrote Grayson Boomer, which again is kind of a, a cop out. The highest ranked player in this class. Um, but you know, just if you look at his his tangibles, like six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds, um, just really a, a perfect size and and fit in OSU system. Pretty much exactly what you would want from an NFL tight end, and like I said earlier, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Kyle Rudolph, and um, that I think that's kind of who he, who he idolizes too. So that's that's my pick. Who do you got? Yeah, I I didn't fill one out for this one because I agreed with you, and I already had yeah. him for one. I think I think it's Grayson Boomer. He's he's probably the mo- one of the most talented guys in the class. He was the highest rated, like you said. He's already he's already got the body tight end you know he just seems like a guy who could play tight end in the nfl because he can block really well and then he has the athleticism to catch the ball and make plays after the catch yes yeah agreed agreed um so i woke up i slept like roughly 11 hours last night because of this cold that i'm trying to kick I woke up this morning and dax flipped his commitment from alabama back to (laughs) michigan what in the world all you said in the Slack was Dax. Dax. <laughs> I was like, what? So he, okay. So get this. He he committed to Michigan um, in September. People are going to hate this because it has nothing to do with OSU, but it kind of does. Um, it's, yeah, it's a broader topic we wanted to discuss. Dax is like, literally, he might be the best athlete to come out of OSU, or come out of Oklahoma, I don't know, at least this millennium, like at least the past 15 years. Um Someone's gonna gonna hit me with like some obscure name that I'm not gonna know on Twitter, but 
He he's ridiculously talented. A top ten recruit in this 2019 class. The number one prospect in Oklahoma. Number one prospect uh, at his position as safety. Committed to Michigan in September. Last week he flips his commitment from Michigan to Alabama. This morning. Michigan tweets out that Dax has submitted his national letter of intent to Michigan. That's insane. So crazy. I know. So apparently, like Alabama took a um, a safety commitment that apparently Dax thought that they were not going to take, um, which caused him to, I guess, flip. I don't know. I, that's the backstory I heard. So. Yeah, I mean. I know when you and I were talking about this, we just just in general, if, if how you feel about recruits doing that, you know, yeah. committing, decommitting, and then committing somewhere else again. So basically, three different schools yeah. are involved in the process, and you know, I don't think it's on. I don't think it's on these kids now. Dax made his a huge production, so I'm not a huge, I'm not a big fan of that, but. Just in regards to doing that, to flipping several times, I don't think it's on the kids. This is a huge decision for them. It could affect – if they're a good enough player, it could affect their financial future depending on what school they choose, Definitely. what program. It could affect their academic future. And if they're not going to play sports, if they're not going to make it to the NFL. But I just think the the big thing is here, it's how the system is set up. It's allowing them to do this. They're not in any kind of binding contract when they make this verbal agreement. So how can you blame these kids when it's such an important decision for changing their mind? Uh, You you can't. I mean, like, you you said the exact word that defines this entire situation. He entered a non-binding verbal commitment. Like, that should tell you all you need to know. Fans will be crazy because fans are crazy. Twitter will be insane because Twitter is literally always insane, but Dax can do whatever he wants to do. Any recruit can do whatever they want to do until they sign their national letter of intent. They're not binded to the school in any way. Um, So good on Dax, man. I think he he found the the right situation that he wanted um, and then ended up finding a better situation that he liked. Turns out, potentially, it wasn't the best situation for him, so he decided to go back to the other one. Like, good on him. Yeah, so especially I, if I he had that reasoning. Him. Yeah, that 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 you said is the backstory. Especially if he had that reasoning. Yeah. How, how can you really fault him for it? They took a guy they said they weren't going to. Right. At his same position, he's like, how can you expect him not to to change his commitment after that? Yeah. No. You you can't. Now, if you are going to make. I'm not saying he did this, but I've seen some people do this. If you're going to make videos for each, you better keep it the second time. Oh, (laughs) yes. Switch it again with a third video because that's a little much. Like I said, you could still do it, but you got to expect you're going to get some blowback there if you're going to do something like that. But just these guys that are just tweeting it out, I don't know how you can blame them. If you're just tweeting out a picture that says, hey, I committed here. Oh, wait, I decommitted here. And now I'm signing here. And, you know, the story comes out, hey, they took a guy at my position. They said they weren't going to take. I didn't really want to have that kind of competition. I wanted playing time early. You know, I just don't know how you can fault him. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think Dax can do whatever he wants. That's, that's uh, you know, if I was a top 10 recruit, 
I, I do wonder, obviously Dax didn't do this for attention, although he did get plenty because he's a top 10 recruit, but how many times would you flip your commitment? Like, if you commit to Michigan, can you imagine how many uh, followers and articles would be written about you uh, from Michigan Faithful? Like, Michigan blogs, you'd be the headline of so many forums. And then you flip and go to Alabama, and then you're the uh, next hottest thing on RollTideRoll.com, and you get all these Alabama followers. And then you flip back, and you get all these um, followers and, and all that stuff. I feel yeah. I feel like there's actually recruits who take that into consideration now. Yeah, no, I it's 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 expected these guys are young, they're getting yeah. a lot of publicity. You know, th- they know it's not a binding contract. They know they can still switch at the slight, you know, if a coach doesn't respond to their t- not saying they would do this, but you know, something makes them mad or something doesn't go their way, they can switch. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the process is correct, but because it's set up this way, I don't think – and like you said, people are still going to do it. But me personally, I'm not going to you know, hold it against them for switching. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, before we get out of here, one word from our sponsor, and then, um, and then we will take a wrap. So you may have heard the news that there is a new tax bill, but do you know how it affects you? With the new uh, 2019 coming up soon – Angel Johnson and Blasting Game have you covered. Their firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees is one of the largest in central Oklahoma. They've been hard at work calculating how these changes will affect hardworking cowboys just like yourself. It does not feel like it's almost tax time. Uh, So feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363 or visit their website ajb-cpas.com. Again, that's 405 6363 Uh, Do you have anything else to say to this 2019 class? It's probably not over, right? I think that's probably the one caveat we should add. Yeah, it. Gundy mentioned there was three guys they were coming after hard today. Yeah. We, we're pretty sure one was Langston Anderson. We're pretty sure the other one is uh, Sony Fofoya, Fanoa. How do? You, oh yeah, keep, defense. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> the defensive end. I, I'm not sure how to say it. I don't but, either. I'm glad you botched it. I'll let you. Sorry. Do it. Yeah. Sorry for butchering <laughs> that. We think the third one. Not to ramble on too much longer, but we think the third one is one of the two running backs, Darwin Barlow, who's committed to TCU, who some thought was going to sign today, and he didn't. Some some are speculating that they never thought he was going to sign today and he's going to sign later on uh, next year. And some are saying that he decided not to because they still have a game to play. Yep. And then the other uh, that it could be is possibly DeAndre Glass from the four-star running back from Katie, who – wants to go to Alabama. They took another running back. They got another running back commitment today from a five-star guy. Had Miami up there high. They got an Auburn transfer who's pretty good running back. And then Texas missed on a guy. So I'm sure they're coming after him hard too. But I think Oklahoma State still has a shot with glass. I, unless I'm missing something, I think Barlow's pretty set on TCU. I agree. I agree. They keep working that angle. I think they're just going to keep having to work that angle because I don't think there's anything there. I do think that uh, I do think that DeAndre Glass is definitely a possibility, but I'm much less confident than I was like three weeks ago about DeAndre Glass. I feel like he's just kind of waiting for 
some blue blood to take him under his wing. Because at this point, OSU has been on him for well over a year, uh, maybe maybe two years actually, and he's had plenty of opportunities to commit, hasn't done so, and so I guess we'll see how kind of this plays out. Um, but wouldn't surprise me if uh, he ended up going to like a Miami or Texas. Uh, Noah Kane committed to Penn State on Wednesday, yeah. uh, which likely means that Texas is gonna is gonna turn its attention to uh, DeAndre Glass. We'll see kind of how that unfolds. Um, but wouldn't surprise me if he ended up staying in the state. Uh, one final <laughs> hilarious tweet I just saw from uh, our boy Mike Boyton. Um, so Boynton, there is a, there is a game on Friday at noon in Stillwater and we'll wrap with this. Uh, Boynton tweets, big game before the big holiday. In case anyone has a Grinch for a boss, give this a try with a emoji, a cowboy emoji and a wink. And it's, a uh, below, it's like a letter form, uh, excuse to, to get out of work for, uh, to attend the game he said hope to see a bunch of happy families in gia on friday young guys are working hard to represent all of you and then uh a, a person who will not be named because it was just kind of a ludicrous throwaway comment he says my boss only lets me leave work to watch teams that are over 500 you know like all caps every other big 12 program Maybe a little less Twitter stick and a little more time in the film room, coach, which is hilarious. <laughs> and Boynton says, thanks. Merry Christmas. Hashtag C2, CTE. Or C2E. Committed to excellence. So, um, It's kind of like uh, OK Cool Hook'em. Yeah, it is, the new, <laughs> it is the new OK Cool Hook'em. So good. Thanks. Merry Christmas. I know. I love it. All yeah, right. he's, he's awesome. I know. That's great. Um, that'll do it for this week. Um, thanks for putting up with uh, my nasally voice. I'm going to drown my sorrows in some NyQuil and, uh, <laughs> we'll be back when Deandre glass and Grant Gunnell and Darwin Barlow and Dax Hill all flip. Derek Sting- Stingley. Yeah. They're all going to flip to Oklahoma state and we'll cover that in detail in the podcast next week. Thanks for listening guys. Thanks. Thanks. Ragu. Thanks. Okay. See ya.